The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. So I have a student who went, through, went to law school. He's a lawyer today. He's also a Rebbe half a day. Baruch Hashem, he followed his Rebbe's footsteps half a day. He's a Rebbe, half a day he's in business. He's a lawyer. And he had an amazing professor in law school. And he went to a class called Coaching the Client. It's good, it's good to be a law, great lawyer, but your client, you have to coach him. So he said over a story like this, and I'm going to end with the story. I think it's a very important story going into Rosh Hashanah. And whoever went to law school might have heard this story. It's a true story. So there was this very powerful political man who was arrested on murder of a 17-year-old girl. He was accused of murder. He was very wealthy. He was a very powerful politician. He went out. He got himself the best lawyer. The lawyer took a $5 million retainer. Pretty good lawyer. Probably the best lawyer in America. And anyone who ever had this lawyer never lost a case. Going against this powerful $5 million lawyer was a little schnook assistant DA kid just out of, just out of law school. And the press said, you know, this, this is not fair. This is David and Goliath. I mean, this $5 million against this assistant DA. But that's the way it felt. And this guy sat in his chair, this politician who was accused of murder. He sat in his chair, all pompous. I got the man. I got nothing to worry about. A jury, six men, six women sitting there. And the case begins. And the DA gets up and he insists at the end. He says, calls a woman. He says, uh, you're a witness. She gets up and he says, so you went past the room where the, murder, the accused murdered this uh, girl. And you said you heard screams. What time was that? And she says, three o'clock, whatever she says. Okay. Cross-examination, the $5 million lawyer gets up, cross-examination, says to the lady, so 3 o'clock it was, wasn't it? She goes, yes. What kind of watch are you wearing? She goes, a swatch. She goes, a swatch. And how do you know that it was 3 o'clock, not 3.01? Did you check that swatch? What they do with the cops with the radar? Did you check that swatch the day that you were walking past this murder? How do you know that you weren't two or three minutes off? And everyone's sitting in the corner, what is he doing? Of course, examining a swatch watch. I mean, give me a break. It's a $5 million lawyer. And he made a chayzik. He made a joke out of the whole case. And this assistant DA is getting up there and he's bringing this proof and that proof and this proof and this proof. And this $5 million lawyer, he's getting up and he's asking the most ridiculous questions that you ever heard. And the press is out there and they don't understand. And this guy's sitting there, this politician, he's sweating. What's up with this guy? $5 million. And he keeps giving, do something, do something. He's like, you paying me? Don't worry about it. Finally, the case is over. The jury's sitting there like, this man murdered the 17-year-old girl. There's nothing to talk about. It's black and white. Okay. Judge gets up and says, okay, to the DA, summation. Little DA gets up. He's all, now he's feeling a little, little energized. You know, this guy did nothing to him. Gets up in front of the jury and says, do you know what this man took away from that girl? Never to be married. Never to have children. Never to be out with a boyfriend. Never to have life. He took away, not a moment, he took away a lifetime. I move that you, the jury, find him guilty of murder. Punishable by the electric chair, by death. And he's out of breath and he's all excited. And the jury's sitting there, they can't shake their hand. They're like, oh, is this guy dead? Oh, we're going to fry him. We're going to so fry him. He is so guilty. And the judge turns to the $5 million lawyer who just made a joke out of the whole thing. And says, summation. And he gets up and he turns to the judge and the jury and he says, 
and the press. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. All you guys are wondering why I'm cross-examining a swatch. He says, I wasn't going to waste your time on my time. You see, two days ago, the case started, I got a phone call from the girl who supposedly was murdered. You see, she just ran away from her parents and went to Mexico. There is no victim, therefore there is no murder. What time is it? Two o'clock? Um, I got a text message a few hours ago. She will be in the courtroom at three. So I think that we should just wait till she gets here and uh, we're gonna find out there's no victim and there is no case. And he looks at the assistant DA and he goes, now how do you feel, kid? And the jury's sitting there and they're like, oh my God, we were going to kill an innocent man. We were going to put him on the electric chair. And they can't believe it. And it's three o'clock. And everybody's looking at the back door. They're all watching. And it's 3.15. And it's 3.30. And it's a quarter to four. And she's not coming through that door. And everyone's waiting. Finally, the judge says, I don't know what this guy's up to. Listen, summation now. If she walks in, she walks in. You have to do summation now. Or you're getting contempt of court. Lawyer says, okay, no problem. Turns around, remember, you can't use this. Turns around, oh, it goes over to the jury and says, you're American citizens? Yes. Do you know the American laws? Yes. Is it true or is it not true that before you find someone guilty, they have to be guilty beyond a reasonable doubt? Yes. Is it true that all of you were looking at that door for the last hour? Yes. Well, if you were so sure that she was dead, why were you looking at the door? It means you had a doubt. It means there's a reasonable doubt. If there's a reasonable doubt, you have to find my client innocent. And the judge and the jury are like, oh my God, he tricked us. <laughs> but law is law. And the truth was, the judge was looking at the door, and the jury was looking at the door. And therefore, that meant that they believed that there was some chance that she was going to walk through the door. And that's reasonable doubt. The judge says, now I know why he gets $5 million. And the press is flying, flying. What a brilliant move. And the judge says, okay, go into the jury room, come back out. You know what you got to do, that's the law. And you had a reasonable doubt, do what you got to do, and come back out. Let's find this guy not guilty and let's get this case out of here. So they go into the room, they come back out two minutes later. The lawyer's walking around, he's all happy with himself. Nebuch, the poor assistant DA, his head's in the book. They sit down, jury person gets up and says, we the jury find so-and-so guilty of murder, punishable by death. And the whole courtroom is in a total uproar. And the judge turns to the jury and says, you can't do that. You, you guys are looking at the door. And the jury person says, we'd like to explain how we came to our verdict. She says, I'd like to introduce you, Mary, sitting next to me. And this young 19-year-old girl gets up. She says, you see, I got them to go guilty. You see, when everybody was looking at the door, I was looking at him. And he didn't turn around once. From 3 o'clock till 4 o'clock, he didn't turn around once to look at that door. And the only person in this room that wouldn't look at that door is the person that knew she wasn't coming through that door. And the only person that knows that she's not coming through that door is the one that murdered her. So I wasn't looking at the door, I was watching him. And the lawyer, the $5 million lawyer, walk, runs over to his client and says, you 
idiot. <laughs> if you would have turned around for one second and looked at the door, we'd be out the door. And therefore, the, law, the professor that was giving the class turned to the class and said, it's not good enough to be a good lawyer. You got to coach the client. He was a brilliant lawyer, but he didn't tell the client what to do. When I heard this story, it rocked me. And it explained to me something I never understood. You can get up and you can speak to people and people can read and want to change. And you can tell them about potential. I can tell you about your potential and how great you are. And it still doesn't happen. And the answer is that so many of us hear this, but we don't turn around to look at the door. We don't believe the story that we're being told. It's very nice. Rabbi Walski is a good lawyer. He gave a good cheer. Rabbi Gowas is a great lawyer. Rabbi Yungreis is an awesome lawyer. They're great. They give great speeches. But if you don't believe what I'm telling you tonight, the case is lost. You have to turn and look at the door. You have to look at yourselves. I could tell you potential, 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 potential. But if you don't look in your heart and find your own potential, I'm wasting my time. I'm a good lawyer. But you don't turn around. The jury's going to say guilty. Rosh Hashanah's going to come back guilty. You've got to stand in front of Hashem and say, I believe I can connect to you. I have a karasatov. I believe that I can take my life that's physical and turn it into spiritual. You have to look at the door. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.